360 Degrees, part of the Urban Breakdown Network. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started right away, but before we do, we have our Mercedes in the house. Good morning, Mercedes. Good morning. We got Odie in the house. Good morning, Odie. Hey, good morning. And then, of course, myself, Big Merce. So, um, Odie, what you got for us today? So, I'm going to start off on a very light note. Um, uh, I'm going to start off with, a, well, the theme is going to kind of be music mostly until we hmm, take a hard left a little bit later in the show. But um, do you guys know who DJ Luke Nasty is? This question is basically for Mercedes, because Mercedes, I know you probably don't know who that is. I do. I definitely do. I do. You do. Okay. Um, Merce, this guy sampled a song uh, called... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, before, just for an extra context, he actually sampled a pretty popular song. The song did pretty well. It was called OTW, and it was, which is basically, you know, um, a shorter version for On the Way. And, um, but it sampled Tony, Tony, Tony's, um, whatever you want, girl, you know I can't provide whatever you need, that song. Um, and the song did really well. Cool. Pretty, I hope he got a sample. Pretty sure he got a sample because. Like I said, the song did really well. I can still play it on like titles or, and I think it's actually on my turn down playlist. So if you look on that list, it's on there. Okay. Um, Cause it's the full song. So um, that's, that's all I knew him from really. I've seen his name, don't really know a ton of music. Um, but this week he decided to sample Melodies from Heaven, which obviously, in case you didn't know, definitely a gospel song. Uh, by none other than Kirk Franklin. Uh-oh. Did not get this shit cleared. Uh, the name of the song that he sampled from um, is called Rain. Well, the song that he the song that he used the sample for, his song is called Rain. Um, and he takes the part of the song where it's like, Rain down on me, rain down on me, or whatever. He takes that part and loops it. <laughs> and for context, the cover is a woman who's built like a stripper with her back to us. She has an umbrella and it's raining, quote unquote, raining dollar signs on the umbrella. She has on like thigh high boots, and where her ass would be shown, there's a peach covering it. Okay. So clearly, you know the rain that they're talking about. Make it rain, as far as dollars, not make it rain. Like rain down your love on me, <laughs> like like we would assume when we're talking about you know Jesus and whatnot. Right. So Kirk Franklin gets on social media. He said, "This is the sam- the only sample I cleared." And he sees, uh, you see him and like three other singers singing 
melodies from heaven. He's like, this is the only way I'm going to clear this to be used. Don't be remixing my shit for no, like, secular purposes. That was basically the overall tone of the video. But I like how Kurt Franklin even bothered to respond to this. Um, it was it was done pretty well. Well, Luke Nasty decides to troll Kurt Franklin. He actually changed his Instagram profile picture to the face that Kurt Franklin made at the end of the video, which is like, no, you know I didn't clear that sample. <sighs> Meanwhile, Luke Nasty also gives us an update. Um, SoundCloud took his um, took his his song down. It said uh, he re- received a report from Sony Music Entertainment that "Rain" contains melodies from heaven by Kirk Franklin. As a result, your track has been removed from your profile for the time being. Wow! You would yeah. think after all these years of rappers and producers getting tagged for samples. I mean, you see how they did to, uh, to, I won't even use rappers as an example. You see what happened to Robin Thicke, right? When the estate of Marvin Gaye came after him for um, Blurred Lines and he had to pay like millions and millions of dollars, you know? Uh, clear those samples, man. Too many people have lost a lot in publishing because of not getting samples cleared clear the samples man it's not especially if you were already in communication with kirk franklin that's the worst part it wasn't like um what happened to farrah Monch when he did uh simon says and he used a uh, sample from that godzilla movie like the original godzilla movies and they never got the samples cleared and of all play i don't even know if that studio still existed but toho studios sued them for using that sample from that godzilla movie from the music from you know so or uh, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns for not clearing the sample for uh, Black Cow for uh, their biggest hit Uptown Baby, you know? Mm-hmm. All this stuff is well documented. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to top my head because I'm a, little bit of, I'm a little bit of a music nerd, but all that stuff is well documented. And if you're a producer, you gotta know this stuff. And if you were already in contact with Kirk Franklin, there's really no excuse, you know, for getting your stuff taken down from SoundCloud because you didn't clear samples and he's now is Kirk going to take any more legal action against him or I don't get that impression I I think like I think DJ Luke Nasty's goal was to get the song heard and see what people thought about it like to show like oh well people aren't bothered by this so you should clear the sample kind of thing like look at the numbers like money talks I think that was probably the goal here and he did get the people talking but not about the song necessarily, just about the scandal of it all. I think so. It's like it didn't really do what he set out to do. I think. Okay. I think. Anyway, I don't know. But it was kind of fire. Like I'm not gonna lie. I didn't listen to like the verses or anything, but I did hear the artwork was a little much. <laughs> The artwork with the stripper and all of that was a little much for me, but I could have probably digested it better if it wasn't like all of that combined. I, I will say one thing that's, that I just found this out maybe not even like two hours ago. And um, who was it? Uh, DJ Yella from NWA was talking about, uh, you know, talk about NWA stuff. He was on, uh, DJ, on DJ Vlad, I think. 
And he was talking about when uh, NWA, when their second studio album came out and they had this, no, I don't know if it was from the EP or whatever it was, but they had a song called uh, She Swallowed It. And of course, you can obviously know what that's about if it's an NWA song. And they had, uh, the original version of the song had a Herbie Hancock sample. And when Herbie Hancock heard the song, he called NWA directly, called them directly and told them, I'm not clearing a sample for this song. Because <laughs> you know Herbie Hancock, he's like an old jazz dude. You know, and he's hearing mm-hmm. songs about, you know, girls swallowing and he was just like, do not, no, do not use my sample for this song. So they had to redo the song, like the music for the song, because he wouldn't clear the sample. <laughs> and I don't, and, and I could imagine like Kirk Franklin not wanting to co-sign that in the first place just because, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah. All right. So while we're still talking about the, um, while we're on the topic of music and a little bit of pettiness, uh, we saw one of the most anticipated verses all year uh, manifest itself on Thursday night. Um, oh, with, anticipated for y'all. Well, yeah. Well, if you've been watching Versus, this is the most anticipated in the series, probably. Um, I would say, I still, like, honestly, though, I still didn't really watch most of them. I would catch the highlights from most of them. The only one I've watched, like, through and through was... I watched bits and pieces of the Brandy and Monica. Um, That one was probably pretty well anticipated, mainly because of the perceived drama between them. Um, I didn't know they had a versus. Oh man, they did. I, I would have actually watched that. I like them. Both. I think that that one was at Tyler Perry Studio. Uh, they had finally gotten a way to get it together because you know there's been like Manny Fresh and Scott Storch. There's been um, Swiss and Tim, which is where this all started. Um, but even then, it was like they would go live on Instagram and they basically broke Instagram. Had to find a new platform, like a new option for this live to work. So now what we see are the artists in the same room going live, battling it out, playing their supposedly best hits. Beat, you know, song for song, battle, battle, song for song. She said supposedly. Um, supposedly. And the reason I say that is because if you watch Thursday, I'm just like, wow, like I'm not a uh, Gucci fan. I'm not either fan, actually. Um, but uh, Gucci did not play his best stuff because and if he did he certainly lost Jeezy to me won and I'm not even a, I'm not biased toward either one either one of them um, but yeah the reason this was so uh, anticipated was mainly because of the backstory which I was not privy to until you know leading up to it um, people were posting memes about how Gucci was going to kill Jeezy and <laughs> Why, like, why is Jeezy just showing up? Like, the biggest foul. Um, but he was still going to win. Um, and when they showed up, it was very evident that there was tension. Well, first of all, they showed up an hour late. So people were already in the comments, like, damn, is, is Gucci choking Jeezy out in the back? Like, what's going on? Why is it taking so long? <laughs> um, but they finally show up. Gucci was with the shit immediately. Um... I can't remember what the fuck he said, but he opened up with something. I was like, yikes! Like he's already taking shots at Jeezy, and it was clear. He, like he opened up with mm-hmm. um his um 
one of his first Jeezy diss songs called um, What You Mean Verse Jeezy. Okay. Um, but he said he made some comments too, even before he opened the song. Um, yeah. So, <sighs> Jeezy said a couple of things back um, throughout. He's like more like a shady, like a shady bitch. Like, uh, he's far less blatant with his disrespect than Gucci to me, but I enjoyed some of his clapbacks. I know he said a couple of things like, um, when uh, Gucci was like, damn, like, why you, <laughs> he was like, why you playing all your old shit? Like, get some new shit, get some new classics, um, or get some new, get some relevant songs, or something like that. And, um, he proceeded to play that song with Bruno Mars. And, after, after that, Jeezy was like, "We'll get you some classics then." <laughs> when he said that, I was like, oh, "Okay." I mean, they are kind of classics because they remind me of my college days, my HBCU days. So that's why, I, if I had to pick a side, like I probably was a little bit more biased to Jeezy because his soundtrack went kind of with my life. But like I said, I'm not a fan. I just know the songs. I know a couple of songs, but I wouldn't consider myself a fan by any means. Um, but as far as why this happened, I'm going to let Mercedes kind of line things up timeline-wise and, and how we really got here. Uh, she's a little more in the loop on that story than I am. Well, first off, I'm a Gucci Mane fan. Like, I love Jeezy. I like him. But I love Gucci. I love, love, love Gucci. And maybe, I knew he was an Aquarius, but I didn't know how close his birthday was. Around. His birthday is the day before mine. February 12th, February 13th. So Aquarius gang gang. That's where that petty shit came from. When he was when he was being petty, oh my god, I was like, oh my god, I, I, I like I feel it like that's me. But anyway, so <laughs> so <laughs> so um, let's just start with where the beef started. So back in the day, we all know that Gucci Mane and Jeezy came out around the same time. Jeezy um, dropped his original, his first album first. He had a couple of little singles and stuff like that, but he dropped his first. But Gucci Mane was shortly after, and if I'm correct, it was Double XL Magazine that they both had. You know how they do the freshman, um, whatever. And Yeah, the freshman Jeezy, class of whatever yeah, year. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Jeezy was doing a little bit out there, so what he ended up doing, I mean, the, the ice, So Icy, Snowman, all that, they wanted to do a collaboration feature with the two of them which was the better push Gucci name out there. So they did So Icy, but everybody, even though it was Gucci's song, everybody thought it was Jeezy's because realistically, I mean, let's be keeping 100, I'm gonna keep 100 and I'm a diehard Gucci fan. Jeezy's verses were a little better. Um, and Jeezy for that reason wanted on his album. Well, it's Gucci song. I, I feel what you're saying, Jeezy, but this man trying to make it, he paid you for a feature or whatever however that shit works. He, I, I think he did get paid for the feature. I'm gonna get back to the rest of the part where he got no more money from it in, in a minute. But um, you got you did the feature. That's it. This is on on this man's next outcome album or whatever. So somewhere on the back end, I'm not sure how the beef got so deep, but the but. From what I was advised, Jeezy never got any royalties on that song, no other money, no nothing. Period. So, and the way it works in the music industry is typically when it comes down to getting somebody to feature your song, like for example, 
we got a couple artists, popular artists coming under my promotion groups, like in the next couple weeks. And these dudes, they'll put it out there, hey, if you want to feature with me, you pay me this and we'll do this and we'll do a video. So that's what they did. So, you know, they wanted to feature with Jeezy. They paid Jeezy, whatever the feature cost, but he got nothing else from it. You're supposed to get all kind of money from that once the album hit the charts and everything else and you start making money from it, but Jeezy never got paid. Whatever this beef escalated, Gucci, uh, not Gucci, Jeezy ended up putting out a hit on Gucci, um, sending his homeboy, his homeboys, I guess, to go um, $10,000 to go kill Gucci and bring his, his, his iced out Bart chain back. Now, the most disrespectful thing you can do in the hood is snatch a man chain and to snatch now, it off his dead body. The guy's, name, the guy's name, I think, was Pookie Loke. Yeah, that's him. There you go. Yeah, he's disrespectful in the, from the beginning. Forget the chain snatching. <laughs> right. Now, keep in mind, he's dead. Uh, I get that in a minute. So, anyway, he um sent him to do it. The iced out Bart, we, every, I think everybody knew that that chain cost a lot of money. If I'm correct, it was about close to 100 grand. So, and to be in the hood, live in the hood still, Gucci hadn't left the hood yet. He hadn't bought no mansion yet. He hadn't done none of that yet. So, to say you were going to not only kill him, but you wanted to bring his Bart chain back off his dead body, that was like a level of disrespect that probably would have got Jeezy more notoriety in the hood, but that's some killing shit. And we'll get back to it. There's another artist that died so interestingly, recently. Interestingly enough, too, for additional context, one of the things that Gucci mentioned um, that I didn't really have insight into, like when it first happened, it's like... Um, or when he first said it, but I learned after the fact that that kind of makes sense. So Jeezy claims to be from Atlanta, but apparently he's really from Pekin. And so one of the things that Gucci was saying yeah, during the verses, right? So one of the things that Gucci was saying during the verses was like, "I live right down the street, but I don't know where he's like from." <laughs> yeah. So for extra context. Technically, I guess uh, as far as hood speak goes, like Jeezy ain't really from Atlanta, so Not that probably to your point is that would have given him more respect in Atlanta as far as like Atlanta. Yeah. Um, Being a nigga from South yep. Aiken, South Carolina, absolutely it would have. But um, yeah, yeah he definitely country is my black ass living from the same state, grew up here, went to high school here, and everything. I don't know exactly when he moved to Atlanta that's the gap because like I said I'm not that deep of a fan but he's definitely from here he graduated from high school from right down the street from me not even an hour so um and you know the funny thing that people kept bringing up is how Gucci was dressing versus how Jeezy was dressing Jeezy dressed like Gucci on a daily basis was dressed that night with you know with the nice suits and stuff I don't know where he pulled out this damn jersey from under a fur coat it just threw me off his, his attire was it wasn't as debonair as it normally is when he's posing on Instagram and shit with a with a tailored suit on. So he he threw me off for that. Anyway, I did like Gucci's coat, but I know why he didn't take that shit off. Allegedly, that shit cost sixty three hundred dollars, and I'm yeah, like, they, well, of course he didn't. Of course he didn't take that shit off because that was his outfit. <laughs> well, you remember, you remember they kept throwing the ten thousand dollar hit out there. He kept putting it out there. His his outfit cost ten thousand dollars. It was kind of a Hell. shot to Jeezy about the ten thousand dollar hit, and yeah, the coat was sixty three of that ten grand. You know what? There, there, there was a meme I saw, and now it makes sense. 
because they showed, uh, I guess, Gucci Man's outfit. And then they were like, there was no way that cost $10,000. And then they had a, a picture of uh, James Evans from Good Times wearing a similar outfit on Good Times. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Now now yeah. that all makes sense. So um, so back to the whole beef. So anyway, he sent he sent um his mans and them to kill him. And clearly Gucci reacted, as anybody would. And he ended up killing old boy. And um... That was that, but he ended up going to jail behind it probably due to some drug-related shit. Because realistically, you got a body in your trap. You're not, you're not going home, boy. <laughs> you, you about to, you know, even though it's self-defense, he never got charged for the murder because it was self-defense. But there were other things involved, like drugs and all the other kind of stuff, at that location. They ended up putting Gucci in jail, but Gucci ended up getting out, of course, and he, you know, went from there. But um, but if I'm correct, the charges that put Gucci in jail for five years stem from that over time like it was still pending all that time some of the charges but i can't remember if i'm absolutely correct but i'll have to do my research on that just a little bit more but um so that was that um <laughs> and and that's where all that beef came from so yeah and if i'm correct let me let me backtrack too there was something in there if i'm correct gucci did survive it but if i'm correct the hitman did shoot Gucci homeboy. What Gucci, one of Gucci's homeboy got killed in that well, altercation. I don't know if he shot him. I, I take that back. I don't know that he shot him, but I do know that Gucci responded in self-defense and ended yeah. up shooting and killing him. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The homeboy, because Jeezy did kill one of his homeboys. Well, I don't know if Jeezy killed him. The guy that was sent to kill him in the process of trying to kill him ended up killing Gucci's homeboy. Right. So Gucci did lose somebody in that process. Oh, I see. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not familiar with that part. Yeah, he did, and um, <laughs> that's why Gucci was so mad, and then that's why I don't know if you heard him say, "Put that nigga in the dirt." He was talking about when he killed him because he did he killed him in self defense. But I mean, you got your dead homeboy in this spot. You got the dead hitman in that spot. This all this all in the in the hood in the trap. So Gucci had to go to jail. He didn't get charged for the murder, no, or the self defense, no. But he definitely got charged for the drugs that were probably on the property at the time. So that was that was how all that went down. Now me being me, the way I am, and just personality traits. If you do believe in the zodiacs, Aquariuses, we typically hold a lot in and don't say a lot of shit. If you notice over the years, Gucci ain't done a lot of talking about this shit. He really hasn't. He hasn't, him and Jeezy ain't really been in the same place to talk about it. So once it's time to say something, you need to finally get something off your chest. Like me, I will hold shit in until I absolutely need to get that shit off my chest. You can call me petty, you can call me whatever, but you it, you weren't petty when you did it. So let's talk about it. And Jeezy kept, oh, ho, 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 this how we gonna do it. Nigga, that, of course, you gonna, you gonna put it out there like that because you don't wanna talk about it. But it's definitely a problem and it's definitely on that man's chest and that man definitely went to jail behind your decision. And that should never happen. I'm pretty sure somewhere, you know, they say it, a drug dealer is only as good until he get caught. He's only good until he get caught. I'm pretty sure Gucci was going to go to jail at some point if he had ever got caught on his own accord. But you sent that man to kill him, ended up killing his homeboy, and ended up sending him to jail. That's, to me, that's some fucked up street shit. You don't do shit like that. But, so that's where I lost respect for Jesus, myself. But it is what it is. Shit happens. But for Gucci to actually be petty the whole time, he better be glad all he did was be petty with words. 
because Jeezy, I'm pretty sure, could have easily got handled otherwise <laughs> over all these years or after that love event. So that's just my opinion on it. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Gucci fan. I'm talking about on the respect level. Jeezy was on some fucking shit. My whole thing, if I was Jeezy, there's no way I would have been there. Like, you kill my people, regardless of whether or not, I guess, you know, and based on the storyline, he sent him there to do it. So his blood is on his hands, you know, as far as that's concerned. Um, and when I say his, I mean Jeezy's hands because he wouldn't yeah. have been there if Jeezy hadn't sent him. But regardless of that, I am not sitting down with somebody that is responsible for the death of my friend. Directly responsible. Jeezy is indirectly responsible. But I am not going to sit down and do no fucking um, deal with this shit. This shit. And also, too, this was done in Magic City. So in Atlanta, staple. You know, that's cool. Um, but my whole thing is this dude killed your somebody you called a friend and uh, you're doing business with them there's not enough money that will convince me to do that shit period um, but I'm a little motherfucker like I don't I don't get it um, but we did learn Jeezy had a project I think it came out yesterday uh, I'll probably listen to it today bits and pieces <sighs> but yeah it, it well, was, um, it was a good thing down memory lane, but um, mm, um, yeah. Speaking of rap deaths, of course, you know, over the past few weeks there have been, I don't know, quite a few deaths. Um, I don't know if you guys know who King Von was, but King Von he didn't was know a, his music, but I did find out after the fact. Yeah, yeah, his music was great to me. Um. He was basically more of a, like most rappers, like a storyteller, but he really was a storyteller. Um, I would say mo- uh, most other rappers, mo- rappers more like a poet. He really told stories in his songs and he was really good at doing so. Um, but uh, at, right after that, which to me, it was kind of sad because I met him before. And you guys know me working in the, on the club scene and we had to sign contracts with these dudes and I was our notary, um, signing a lot of documents, you know, when they're booking artists and all that, and I met Mo3. And Mo3 got killed in Houston, if I'm correct. Um, and from what I was advised, he had killed somebody, and them niggas came after him. They started shooting in his car, and they didn't hit him when he was in the car. Oh, yeah, they hit him in the leg, but when he was trying to run down, he jumped out the car and ran down the highway, and when they caught up to him, because, of course, they shot him in the leg when he was in the car, they caught him and shot him in the head and killed him. Well... Bootsy, if I'm correct, I had a lot of shit to say about that, and they end up shooting Bootsy at his vigil. That shit, this, mm-hmm. I don't know, you see what I'm saying? And this is just a direct, you know, no uh-huh. shit, you know, from, from the Gucci shit. This, that rap beef stuff be real, like, seriously. Now, when you and say Bootsy, you talk about, you talk about Bootsy Badass? Yes. Really? Yeah, Bootsy did a live talking about, um, you know, fuck them niggas that killed Mo3. He was pissed because him and Mo3 were close. He was real pissed. And um, at the vigil, yeah, they got the shoot and they shot Bootsy. I guess they they point was to kill Bootsy, but they didn't mm. kill him. They ended up shooting him in the leg. This just happened the other day. Yeah. The, like Saturday, Sunday, somewhere around. It's been in the past seven days. Cause I mean, Mo just I, got killed last weekend. I mean, I don't like Bootsy's music, but I know who he is. You know what I mean? So it's like that name. Like you said that name, I was like. Like, little boosie. Yeah, and then in addition to that, like I think the other part of that is he might have to get that leg amputated or some shit. Oh, yeah, wow. because of where it hit. Yeah, 
So if nothing and else, also it can either kill and also the diabetes. Apparently, he has diabetes. I don't know how oh. true that is. I don't believe that. Yeah. That's hearsay. <laughs> but but yeah, so so shit got real. But I feel like even with Boosie passing his opinion on the shit, I don't feel like that was something. I don't know, but you know these street niggas, they shoot for any reason, and I don't feel like there was a reason to shoot at him. He had an opinion like everybody else, but it could have been just because he was closer to the situation than anybody else. Um, well, that being his friend, he wasn't. He he had no connection to the actual shooting and you know the prior situation that led the guys to want to kill Mo Three. And if I'm correct, they still don't even know who killed Mo Three, and I'm pretty sure it's the same people that shot Bootsy quite naturally. But it's this shit getting crazy and it's and it's bad. And it's even though Robin the- season two, some some other rapper got uh, shot last week, I think in Texas. Um, he was like leaving a Walmart or some shit, and they wanted to take. Oh his yeah, chain. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it did was Robin season one. No, he didn't die. I didn't. Think um, so. He drove himself to the hospital. He did drive himself to the hospital and got okay. help, but um, he, he wasn't from there. I forgot where he was from, but he wasn't from Texas. Well, needless to say, all this rap beef, this dumb shit, if you ask me. Um, spit your little lyrics, make it on the charts, make your money, and go the fuck home. That's it. It, it, it used to be fun. Like, I remember one of the earliest, like, rap beasts was Kumo D and Busy B. And every year, they get together and hang out. Like, they're friends now. So they, uh, now the, they said that this, the place where they had that battle is a supermarket now, you know? But they still get together on the year, on the eve of that, uh, you know, on the, for that rap battle. And they, they hang out, they're friends now. Like that doesn't, or you could at least have like, like you'll squash the beef. Like LL Cool J and Cool Mo D and, and LL Cool J and Ice T. You know, they, they squash their beefs. You know, Jay-Z and Nas have, I guess, have like a ceasefire <laughs> after all those years. Yeah, you yeah, know? even though Jay-Z was sneak hitting, like sneak tension and shit, like. Yeah. Like releasing music whenever Nas shit will come out, but whatever. But I mean, now it's just like you talk about somebody on, you know, now these beasts are just leading to murder, you know, and, and, and these people are young. So it's not like they're like 50, 55 year olds. They're like, they're young kids like in their 20s, you know, losing their lives over this, you know. It's it's unreal how everything is devolving, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So... Uh, I just came across this uh, just to sum up the the whole experience with the Jeezy and Gucci uh, situation. There's a tweet from Roy Wood Jr., that comedian. Yes. <laughs> Jeezy and Gucci had the energy of a baby daddy and the stepdaddy both showing up to the little man's birthday party. <laughs> but they're not going to fight because they promised Miss Mary they wouldn't tear up her house. <laughs> <laughs> I love Roy Wood Jr. He is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> That is a hot so, That's funny. <laughs> I I completely agree. That's exactly the vibes I was getting. Um, but yeah. Uh, so uh, unless Mercedes has um anything else on on this matter, I would say that we're preparing to take a hard left and go a little less lighthearted. Um, we kind of started muddying the waters a little bit anyway, talking about all the shootings, but you. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Well, um, well it's, it's gonna it's gonna definitely take a lift, but since we're talking about shootings, I guess it kind of 
ties into, but from a different standpoint. So yeah, I'm ready when you guys are. Um, I I just wanted to give a quick update uh, on Kyle Rittenhouse. This is the guy who shot protesters in Washington, I think. Or was it Oklahoma? Either way, this dude crossed state lines to shoot up people. Um, peaceful protesters essentially hunting for people to shoot. Um, and did he kill people? Did he kill a couple of people? Yeah, uh, he, he, he killed, killed three people. people. And then, and then I think one person that he shot, don't quote me on this, I think he, I think he either, I think he had to have his arm amputated. Yeah, he, he well, killed listen. three and, and, and severely injured, yeah, to an amputee one. The first one he shot had to get his arm taken off. Well, this fool is out on $2 million bond. So there's that. Pretty sure some motherfuckers on Parlor got together and Pope kept posting his damn uh, GoFundMe. It was actually uh, evangelicals who got together who helped out raising that money. Wow. Which is, I wow. mean, not, not trying to rag on people, but that's one of the reasons why I don't mess with church. I, I try to keep my own relationship with God, you know, even though I'm not religious because. Yeah, that's part of the reason why. <laughs> so, but yeah, they got together and they helped him raise that two million dollars worth of bail. So. so yeah, just wanted to give a quick update on that. Uh, feel free to take the floor, Mercedes. Okay, give me a second. I have to um, uh, have to switch. And I wonder what was the justification of the angelicals in bailing him out. Because I know one of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not kill. Well, that's, and we that's, know he did it. It's not like, you yeah. know, it's not like there's, oh, like we're we're doing a defense fund and trying to prove that he didn't do it. We know this fool did it. And, and, and one thing, Mr. Blue, that I, that I should kind of separate here. You know, I don't want to be unfair to uh, to my religious folks because most of my friends are religious and they're just ordinary folks. The evangelicals, I just kind of put them off as like uh, the right wingers of the religious sect, you know, because they basically, the rules are for you, not for them. Like they don't have to follow 10 commandments, we do, <laughs> you know? They're basically like, the, they've bastardized religion for profit. And people like Donald Trump support them 100% because they come out in droves to vote for him. So it's kind of a, and then you figure Donald Trump supports this kid because he, he defended him, said that he acted in self-defense. So maybe that's their way of supporting them, you know, of throwing that support back, I don't know. But when, the, when I was reading the article on it and they said that uh, a lot of support came from evangelicals to uh, raise his bail, I was just like, yeah, okay. That's definitely a Trump influence on there because they they feed off each other, you know, to support their crazy American jihad ideals. But, yeah. but I don't want to make it seem like all religious folks are like the evangelical Christians because they are not. I want to make that distinction clear. So. But uh, Mercedes, you, I, I apologize. Go ahead and continue. This is okay as far as the audio goes. Let me just double check a couple of things. Okay. 
Well, welcome. Uh, welcome, Blue. Heard you chime in. I also, um, <laughs> I had a dream about Ricardo last night. Um, so I got to check on him today, check on my buddy today. Um, in the dream, he, he, it's like I was somewhere where I wasn't expecting to see him. It was kind of like a, like one of those food halls or something where a lot of people, where a lot of people come. Um, and they're all like eating at the same time or some shit. I don't know. But like all of a sudden I heard his voice and I was like, I know that voice. And I said, what are you doing here? Um, and we, we talked and caught up for a little bit. So I got to, I got to call and check on him. Yeah, it looks like Mercedes audio dropped. So she, she's, uh, she's coming back. Okay. So yeah, I got to check on, check on Ricardo. He's been quiet in the group chat too. So yeah, you got to check on him, especially with the holidays coming up. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I got Black Friday off. Speaking of holidays, and I was I was gonna try to see if I could sneak home, but then I remembered, you know, with New York going back on lockdown, if I go home, yeah. I probably have to quarantine for two weeks, and I'm like, yeah, I cannot do that. Absolutely not. So I will Is have it just to just because you can't like crash at your dad's for that long, or like what? What does that mean? Oh, no, no, no. But if you, because uh, supposedly if you go back to New York, you got to quarantine. So I'd have to, I mean, I'd be with, with my dad and them, but you know, I wouldn't be able to just leave New York at will. You know? I think. Like that's why like my friend I'm having Thanksgiving dinner with, uh, like her sister was going to come up and she can't, you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a big mess with this whole coronavirus thing. Yeah. So. Okay, guys, I'm so sorry about that. I don't know what no. happened. <laughs> I, no went to, um, <laughs> I went to um, connect my my AirPods so that I can you know free up my hands because I've been cleaning this one, <laughs> um, and I was like I said yeah let me let me sit down for this one because this one is a a little bit more you know so um, November seventeenth um, a young eighteen year old guy some say eighteen some news outlets say eighteen some say nineteen so but. Um, Devin Tillman Gregory was shot and killed by Jacksonville police. Um, the story is, and it's still ongoing, and advance, and there's still advancements of the story coming out. But um, so he was a passenger, front passenger in this uh, vehicle with three of his other cousins. Um, the oldest one, being much older, I think he was like in his late twenties was driving a vehicle and they were pulled over for some said traffic violation. The police officers wanted all of them to get out of the car. Him being the youngest, he was afraid because prior to, they had sent the canine dogs in to pretty much sick the rest of them, you know, get them out the car. So, I mean, you see that you're a young kid, you're scared. So, um, I put, I'm gonna put this link that I have um, to, the, uh, to the body cam footage um, in the group and you guys can watch it. It is absolutely sickening. Um, but the police ended up shooting him 30 times because he would not, I mean, get out of the car. Nobody tried to talk him down. Nobody tried to coax him or anything. They just treated him like an animal. Supposedly what triggered the gunshots um, from the police officers, though, was they heard a gunshot. There is some, which we're still waiting on more information on that. Supposedly he killed himself first. He shot himself in the head in the car. And the immediate reaction of the police was not to help, was not to call an ambulance, was not to try to resuscitate. It was to put 30 more bullets in them. 
So, and this just happened this past Tuesday while we were all chilling, relaxing, working, whatever we were doing. This right. was happening down in Jacksonville. So, a lot of people didn't know the story. Well, there is another one, which I'm going to get more information on that one. Um, this other one happened um, in Omaha, Nebraska, and he was 16, and he was killed by the police. I got to find his name. That happened on Thursday, the 19th. I'm going to find his information as well. But um, I'm not sure if you guys, because I missed last Saturday's show, I'm not sure if you guys... Um, mentioned the little boy from Mississippi that got lynched, the 15-year-old. I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys... I'm, I'm missing so much stuff. I had not heard yeah. about it. I put it in our group. <laughs> um, and... I don't know. It just feels like history is repeating itself. But there's still one thing that I don't feel like is enough is I don't feel like black people are reacting enough. We're not reacting the right way. It's going to take something drastic to stop all this. But let's just go back to Devon and the situation. Four police officers that were handling the situation are on paid administrative leave until more information comes out as to what really happened to Devon that night. And that's that. It's literally, that's, that's his life. That's the end of it. It's a headline. In a blurb, what's going to be unfortunately, like, basically eventually be reduced to a blurb until it's not being discussed at all. Well, and, 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 and that's one of the reasons why we have, uh, when people talk about uh, Breonna Taylor, like, Odie, you mentioned it, uh, you mentioned it on, on last week's show. And mm-hmm. I actually saw, and I actually saw the video of it, of uh, Cori Bush. When she, uh, you know, her first day in Congress, she was wearing a face mask and the face mask had Breonna Taylor's name on it. And her Republican colleagues, thought that her name was Breonna Taylor because they had no clue who Breonna Taylor was, even though her name is all over the news and there's all these protests and, you know, everything's on the news. Her Republican colleagues were like, oh, uh, hello, Breonna, we're going to be working together. And she's like, no, my name is Corey. And then she realized, oh, I have Breonna Taylor on my face mask. They think that that's my name because they're so out of touch with everything, you know? Now, I know for a lot of us who follow this stuff, I mean, we tend to, things tend to get lost in the shuffle, you know? I didn't know about this young man losing his life like that with the cops because I've, unfortunately, I've been tunnel visioned on Donald Donald Trump's bloodless coup that he's trying to pull off here, you know? But these stories always hit the hardest because, I mean, I'm never gonna be president, but I could have been that young man, easily. Easily that could have been me in that situation, even though I don't drive a car. You don't gotta drive a car to have the cops. Uh, that's even worse because <laughs> the cops can just easily catch me because I don't drive. But stories like that usually hit the hardest because it could have been not just because it could have been you, it could have been someone that you know, you know. And if that person was a good person and did not deserve to die, how do you handle that? You know. And then just to know that because and I think it's just sheer volume of you know you figure one week is Breonna Taylor then it's um George Floyd then it's going to be somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and we just got to start putting people in office not just on a local level but on a national level who are going to say you know what enough is enough you know we gotta we gotta make major changes to law enforcement and make sure I mean why would you think that young man was so scared because it's the cops 
<laughs> he even I think he ended up on the phone with his stepdad and said, "Tell my mama I love her." Because he, I guess the mom was at work. Yeah. Couldn't get a hold of her. That is some fuck shit. The boy knew he was gonna die at the hands of those four white police officers. He just knew it. That's that's so fucked up, man. It's I, and then if he did shoot himself first, he chose suicide over dealing with them fucking white cops. That's that says a lot. But y'all didn't help him like y'all would do one of these little white boys standing on the ledge. You put 30 fucking bullets in him. You know, when I, I watched uh, Higher Learning, right? And the way those security guards treated the, the black students compared to the white students, a lot of people thought that that was just very over the top. Like, they were like, well, blood, like, blood, that's not how it happened in real life. The cops would help everybody. Word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. What country do you live in? Uh, Happyville, USA? No, that's not this country. You know? Right. And I don't want to put it off that it's all cops, you know, even though even though it feels like it at most times. You know, my nephew is not black. And uh, last year, matter of fact, he, uh, he and his mom gave me a ride home after uh, for New Year's, right? He got pulled over for a broken, uh, he had a broken headlight, right? That keeps going off and on. So it was off and then the cops pulled him over, you know, and, you know, him being white, you know, the cop was white, you know, that went fine. I'm in the passenger seat, you know, cop didn't even acknowledge me. He never spoke to me. He just concentrated on my nephew and, you know, my nephew, uh, his mom was coaching him, you know, like keep your hands on the wheel, you know, all that other stuff. But, um, you know, keep your hands with the cop to see it. And the cop was the cop was very nice and very polite, but he never acknowledged me. You know, didn't ask me any questions, didn't shine a flashlight in my face or none of that other bullshit that, that I've had happen to me before. Nope. Right. Cop was just like, you know, uh, I pulled you up for a broken taillight and didn't even give him a ticket. Gave him a warning. You know, he's like, yeah, just make sure after the holidays, just make sure you get it fixed. Right. Now, the annoying part was <laughs> his mom texted me later on that when they, on their way home, they got pulled over again. No, <laughs> For the same, uh, you know, for the same headlights. You're like, don't you guys communicate? But, right. um, so I don't want to go out and say all cops are like that, but the ones that are like that are protected from on high. That's why they're terrified of this because there's no consequence for these people. Even when, they, even when they catch them on full body cam, full dash cam, no, no lasting consequences. That's why people are terrified of the cops. And you should have seen the comments. Well, he should have got out of the car. He should have listened. He should have. Uh, mm-hmm. shut, shut, bitch, with your white ass, shut the fuck up. I, I guess they've never been terrified before. You know apparently I mean? not. <laughs> Their lily white skin makes sure that they can walk through life and society with no fear, so they have no problem. It, it's it's absolutely. I have friends who are white that I grew up with, you know, and I grew up in a mixed neighborhood back in Long Island, and we didn't have to deal with Nassau County cops most times. We dealt with our own, Our my town is an incorporated village and it has its own police force. So those cops live in town, you know? I think that might've changed because now I hear a lot more complaints about our police force than I did when I was a kid. And I'm not gonna say they were perfect because they were not, but it wasn't like dealing with Nassau County cops. Like Nassau County cops were just like the country cousins of New York City cops which means they were cut from the same cloth. They just live in different places, you know? And it was a, it was a hell of a lot different. But 
it's we weren't really afraid of the police if we weren't doing anything wrong now you have to be afraid of the cops at all times you have to treat them like if you're walking down the street and you see like a rabid dog or just a dog in particular that you don't know and there's no leash and it's just walking around and you know your rules go in your head don't make any sudden moves you know stuff like that that's how you gotta deal with cops you gotta deal with cops as if they're rabid dogs and you gotta train your kids how to deal with police as if they're animals even though they're the ones treating their citizens like animals so this young man did not have to lose his life like that if they didn't see a gun there was no reason for them to shoot It's absolutely correct. And they claim then, of course, after the fact, when they claim they saw or and or heard this gunshot, there was never a gun. It's like there's always one in their mind. There's always a gun when it comes to black people. But you, the messed up part is even let's go back to like the Philando Castile situation. He was licensed carry. He had every right to have a gun and he still died because of he because he was reaching for the wallet. You told him to reach for to show your CWP. So we have one legally, you get shot and killed. You have one, they, they make up a gun in their mind, you get killed. You have one illegally, you still get killed. Everybody's gonna die that's black with a gun, I guess, in the eyes of the police officer. So it's shit's stupid. And no, it's not every police officer, you're right. Um, I've dealt with some really friendly white ones from little hick towns around here in South Carolina. They're friendly as shit. It's the pieces of shit that make the good ones look bad. That's like, right now, my cousin just graduated from the police academy in Marietta, Georgia, three days ago. And I'm mm-hmm. not afraid for him, for society. I'm not afraid for him even for them racist-ass crackers, really. I'm more afraid for him for his racist-ass colleagues down in Georgia. Yeah. I got, I got a brother and sister that live in Georgia. My niece lives in Georgia. Yeah, Georgia bad. So I, I I got family there. My kids are there. That that place is bad. I have to tell my son all the time: just be very mindful of everything around you. Just always stay on the straight path. And even if you do that, you still got to be extra mindful because them white cops down there do not play. Yeah, I got I got biracial nieces and nephews. You know, my my niece my niece's kids. You know, and I worry about them. Not for you know just because of it's Georgia. There's not a whole heck of a lot of tolerance in certain parts of Georgia. I mean, she's not. I mean, she's not in Atlanta. You know, if she was in Atlanta, I wouldn't care. <laughs> you know, but she's outside of Atlanta, so you always have to worry about somebody coming out of pocket in a in a violent way. Because I mean, you figure it like this: they had a Cheerios commercial with with a biracial family, and they got so many letters about it. I remember racist yeah. shit. Yeah. So you know. And my niece has gotten, you know, people, you know, on the street, like, you know, you know, like date your own race or some dumb shit like that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, what is this, 1977? It's fucking 2020. Get a grip, man. Jesus. Like, racism should just be an outdated concept. (laughs) But unfortunately, it is not. You know, it's here to stay. And I worry about, you know, I have a friend. Never be. Out be the concept because when the white people feel that their position of superiority is being threatened by others, they will react. Yeah, and 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 here's the thing about that though, to me anyway, in my mm-hmm. opinion, I think a lot of people are just conditioned that way. You know, figure it like this. You know, we talked about this before on the show. 
you have uh, places like The Blaze, right? Which is uh, not Tucker Carlson, uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Beck, the, the chalkboard guy, right? They don't make money on that show, on that, that network. They don't make money. No one's, no, one's, no one's truly watching it like they're watching Fox News and other channels. So why are they still in existence? It's because all these billionaires pay them to stay in business because they're spreading a message that keeps people terrified and keeps people separated and keeps people off kilter and, 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 and on edge all the time. Right. The, bad, the, the worst part about racism for the actual racist is it hurts them just as much as they're trying to hurt other people because they live their entire lives in fear of the other. And that fear can have a negative effect on you if you're afraid all the time. So you're afraid that, you know, you see a Hispanic person move into your neighborhood and you think, oh God, you know, he must be in a gang because that's what they told you on Fox News and told you on OAN and all that other, all that other horse shit, you know? Now you got people leaving, uh, Facebook and Twitter to go to to go to parlor and one person actually said uh, they they were in some group and they left the group it was a Facebook group and one of my friends posted it in our group <laughs> and her opinion and what she said was uh, if if I wanted my opinions challenged all the time uh, I'd, I'd go back to college that's not how opinions work if my opinion is that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time that's not gospel. You are allowed to say, well, I think it's Kobe. Or Mercedes can come and say, well, I think it's Jordan. Right. You know, and then we can discuss it. You know, why we think each one is the greatest. If I just come out and say, LeBron's the greatest player of all time, and then you challenge me, I'm like, well, you know, why are you challenging my opinion? That's stupid. I may as well just shut my damn mouth then if I didn't want my opinions challenged. You can't just say dumb shit or even say racist stuff and be like, well, that's just the way it is. No, that's not how it works. And now these people are going to their own little echo chambers and they don't want to hear, I and mean, don't get me wrong, okay? There are people like me. I am a, I am a asshole. I, I, am, I, I am a dick when I see people, not about your opinions, because I could debate you on your opinions. You just can't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> Because if you lie, I'm going to torch you. But I am I am an asshole about it sometimes. So And so I get it. But if it's just a matter of you not wanting your opinions uh, challenged, I can't do nothing for you. Because if you come up with an opinion that I can challenge, I will challenge it. There's just no two ways about it. I have friends who have uh, relatives who are cops and they tolerate me because I'm very like, you know, I'll put like a lot of anti-cop stuff on Facebook, not to piss her off because she's very nice. She's a school teacher, but I can't just let this stuff go. You know, I can't just let, uh, you know, because when they say, well, it's just it's just a bad apple. How many bushels of bad apples do we need before you need to burn the whole orchard down? And start over. But hopefully this young man will get his hashtag, you know, because we need to not let this go. Just like we're not letting Breonna Taylor go, just like we're not letting George Floyd go. You know, we need to not let this go. We need there to be so many names, so many hashtags that people have to say, you know what? 
whether you agree with it or not, like something has to be done just so you don't have to see all these hashtags anymore. And just so that it becomes reality that yes, there is definitely something wrong with the cops and definitely wrong with their organization and definitely wrong with these police unions until somebody does something. It's uh, it's definitely getting out of hand. Um, it's, and I think for me as a mom of two black boys and three, black daughters i mean you think women go through black women go through a lot in this country but black men are definitely like a target and it's sickening and it gets old and it's frustrating so i'm my boys are 11 and 8 right now and i i don't i can't even imagine them being grown i don't i don't want them to get grown not because i don't want to see them get grown myself but i don't want society to have any hand in whether it be the daily mood or the, the deciding factor on them getting a job. I don't want them to be a, I don't want them to be a part of the terrible society as black men. I don't want them to be. But unfortunately, I have to let them. So. Exactly. Um, but on a, even to me, more sadder note, um, and this one is going to be brief because I know you have something else to talk about, Marcy, but, um, so this was a few weeks ago and Baldwin, Mississippi. Um, Kwan Charles went missing. Um, he was 15 years old and was last seen, was, was last seen leaving um, the first Friday of the month um, with an unknown person. His family says that his body was found in a field in, I think it's Louisville. Um, and there's at this moment, this article was last updated last week, there's no cause of death. Nobody knows why he was killed. Um, they are calling it a, a lynching um, based on how they found his body. He had a huge knot on his head, um, like he was hit in the back of the head by something. And so many other lacerations and stuff like that. So right now it's still under investigation. And once again, just like Devon, there aren't enough people talking about it. There aren't enough people doing anything about it. So, and to be in Mississippi, how can I put it? Mississippi and Alabama, those are two states that I would never, ever just think to visit. It's almost like the thought of being black and still living in those states baffles me. It's beyond comprehension to me. And how people can freely just walk around those states, it's almost like, you know how you have like the sundown towns, those are your like sundown states. Niggas shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like literally, mm. white people and their race. I just, I just wish they would all move, like, move somewhere else. You will, if you like to stay in the south, cool. You got dusty ass Arkansas or something like that. I don't know. Just get the fuck out of Mississippi and Alabama. But um, this was in Mississippi, and it didn't surprise me. It did it sicken and sad to me. Absolutely, did it surprise me? Not one bit. Um, that's just like I don't, I do. Every time I bring this up, nobody remembers, and it tears my nerves up because I cannot remember his name. There was a black guy. He was, uh, I think he was in high school. He was like, um, I think he was even being looked at by particular colleges and the NFL and all this stuff. He was a football player. He was like top of the, you know, head of his class and all this stuff. He went missing, and they found his body partially skinned in a field in Mississippi. This was probably, it couldn't have been a solid, maybe five, six years ago. Nobody remembers that story. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but unfortunately, it just sounds familiar because it sounds like others. But 
it doesn't he was um if I'm yeah. correct he was being yeah looked at by like um like you know UGA Jordan it was I guess it was kind of a big deal in the sports world because we knew how good of a player he was but the fucked up part I cannot remember his name and it's frustrating but they never solved his and they said no cause they can't they couldn't decide the cause of death but this man's body was partially skinned and partially burned no cause of death whatsoever not even you know dying from smoke inhalation nothing y'all couldn't you couldn't decide how he died he just that's it so yeah and i'm gonna find that case because i really really want to know his name it has been frustrating the hell out of me but um yeah his went kind of a cold case too unknown cause of death even though his body was charred on one side and skinned on the other in the field in mississippi <laughs> I, it's frustrating it's actually during these times without being able to respond exactly the way you want to it's kind of frustrating being black but i wouldn't want to be anything else so as a people we got to do something about this shit because races are too bold they are too bold and the unfortunate part some of the races that we look at every day they're not even your toothless motherfuckers from the back road it's your teachers the police officers the cashier at the grocery store the bitch that's gonna fix your food at the restaurant those are where your races are you deal with them son of a bitches on a daily basis just out in society and that is the most frustrating part as well that's another frustrating but that's actually the most frustrating part because you can't identify them you know, people so used that to, was, yeah, they used to always yeah. say, like, you know, I, I like it when they wear the hoods, you know, and the robes because we know who they are, you know. Right. They're also they're also your bankers, your loan officers, you know, your used car salesmen who are charging black people more. They did a study on that. Like black people get charged more blacks and Hispanics, I should say, get charged more interest on uh car loans than white people with similar credit scores. Yeah, that's true. And and houses. Uh, mortgage loans is a problem. Um, do you guys remember when uh, Bank of America went through that big lawsuit for doing that? They were charging pe- black people with higher credit scores and more income, higher interest rates than white people with lesser credit scores and lesser income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, the big ass difference. You're talking about um, 2 to 5% APR on a house for a white person with a 700 beacon score making $60,000 a year black person got an 850 beacon score making 120,000 dollars a year at 11 percent no joke yeah bank of america was funded on the profits from slave trade i guess if you're the bank of this country (laughs) that makes sense you know i i think the problem that people have with racism is that they just think that racism is just black people getting called the n-words or mexicans getting called wetbacks but it's the racism is baked into the system so you yourself may not be a racist but the system that was put there by a racist is still intact and it's still working pretty well you know and it's not anything that they could do about it by themselves but it's something where something does need to be done because a lot of the you know people's perceptions is uh, uh, because of income inequality you know you figure what's the easy way to turn somebody against someone else just think that they're coming to get their money you know like oh you know the Mexicans are taking your job somebody can't take your job 
that's almost impossible. So it's not like you go to the bathroom, you come back and then some Mexicans at your desk, you know, type them away. It's not how it works. It means that that employer gave them your job <laughs> because, uh, you know, they, they work for cheap. So you figure, well, why do they work for cheap? And it's basically because of our broken immigration system. You know, they sometimes they just can't get a legal visa. So they come in uh, illegally, you know, to work. And they want to keep them desperate because they'll work for less. And then they'll, and I look at it like this, you know, I'm, I tell people, look, unless, you're, unless your dream job was picking oranges, no one's taking your job. Okay. <laughs> so un unless your dream, like, oh man, you know what? I, I could be a doctor or a lawyer, but you know what I really want to do with my life? I want to pick strawberries for a living. Unless that was your dream, those Mexicans ain't taking your job. The only exception I give is construction because yeah, I, I worked construction in New York uh, for for a few years, and I can't tell you that that is a thing. <laughs> so, but anything else, like yeah, okay, you're uh, you're full of shit. But income inequality is a way that they keep people separated, and like I said, it's baked into the system. It is. It's definitely systematic racism and institutionalized racism is a big problem, it, and people don't want to. People don't want to admit it. Yeah, like, nigga, like these crackers know they racist. They know they're upholding a racist system. They know they're upholding even a racist justice system. And you know that you're the problem, but you don't want to do anything about it. It's one thing for a black man to get shot on the streets, but how many other ones are you, you know, inconveniencing is a basic word for what I'm about to say, but they can't even sustain life because you're holding them back based on ignorant ass racism that will never go away. So. I mean, you can't physically stop someone from being a racist, but what you can do is you, you can, can beat stop the shit that. out of them. Well, <laughs> aside from that, you can <laughs> you can stop that person from using his prejudice and his racism to hinder other people who are trying to get ahead. That can be done. I can't tell somebody, hey, don't be racist against Chinese people. But if they're a loan officer, there should be laws in place that says, hey, if this person has this credit score and this job makes this income he, he should have the same credit score as that white person that you were going to give the same loan to that is the difference you know and it's do and it's def it's definitely not there you figure uh world war ii right you had gis that came home from the war black gis right they fought for their country and they were supposed to get gi loans and then uh, my brother bought his first house using his, he, he fought in the first desert storm, right? He drove uh, munitions out there in, in Iraq and he bought his first home with a loan, with a GI loan, right? But back in the forties, there was a poison pill that was put into it that stated that the loan officers had discretion over who would get those loans. Now your only requirement is supposed to be you fought in the war you didn't get, and you lived and now you want to buy a house here here's a loan that you deserve for going off to fight in a war where hundreds of thousands of people died what other stipulations could there possibly be to deny someone that loan skin color <laughs> exactly so that's the thing that people have to uh contend with is that there are 
people out there who don't want to see anyone else get ahead. And it's stuff in the system and no one's really doing anything about it because a lot of people are still in denial. They think that America is the greatest country in the world by default. And they feel <laughs> that if, and they and they feel that if they have to do something about it, then that means it's not perfect. <laughs> That's why I hate when people say that. Because to say that America is the greatest country in the world means that we're done. There's nothing more to do. There's plenty to do. But people just aren't really doing it. Now I, I know I said in I know I said in chat that I was gonna do uh, politics uh, this Monday. Let's make it next Monday because <laughs> there is some things I do want to talk about. I want to take at least one week off for uh, for Thanksgiving, you know, to relax to relax and, and, and decompress from this whole thing. But let, let's switch that up. Let, let's do it all. Let's do it for Monday, and then next Monday we're we're off. For the holiday mm -hmm. this way it'll it'll feed through that long weekend because nobody wants to come off a long weekend being with family and friends and have to talk about politics all, all night <laughs> so but um i think we're pretty much out of time here but we got a lot of good discussion out here so did anybody have anyone else have anything to add no that was pretty much it for me um just be careful out here in these streets Odie, Blue, did you guys have anything? And I'm all, all good over here. Sarin's trying to get some funding, so say a couple prayers up for your girl today. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, prayers up. Hydrate yourself. Stay hydrated. People think because it gets cooler, they don't need much water or stay hydrated. Please don't make that mistake. The better you are regarding your health, the more resistance you will be to catching... Um, opportunist viruses like the flu and COVID. Yeah, especially now that, that the weather's going down a lot. I, I actually got uh Oh, wait, 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 one more point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And with y'all gathering for Thanksgiving, just be very mindful that, you know, if you're coming from different households all into one household, that, you know, you don't know if somebody's asymptomatic, please still continue to use your skills regarding avoiding contacting COVID. Yeah, I mean, Want to hug them and all that, just be very mindful. I would suggest doing temperature checks and things like that. Maybe have a little checklist. And even that might not work because some people are asymptomatic and still can transfer the virus. Yeah. The very, take very, I'm going to see a high up. Yeah, definitely. You have the opportunity to take the test a couple of days prior, like on Monday or Tuesday, and um, see what's what because you don't want to, you know, especially when you go to your people's house. Sometimes you're going to see your older aunt, your older mother, your older grandmother. And boom, they can be really impacted by the virus. Not saying that we can't, but they can. Yes. I actually got my COVID test done this week and I passed, even though I didn't study. And um I and I did it because of the holidays. Because I mean I've been social distancing, you know. I I'd get my groceries delivered whenever I can because me being a type two diabetic, I am at a little bit of a higher risk. You know, it's like Dave Chappelle said, you know, I got all the fixings for coronavirus. Coronavirus is like, mm, mm, can't wait. So I try to, you know, follow the rules, but I also don't want to spread to anybody else. So I went and I right. got tested and, uh, you know, and, and my test came back negative. You know, my nephew, who I'm having dinner with, uh, you know, he's up at college, so he pretty much just gets tested whenever. <laughs> 
because he's been tested like twice in the last two weeks because you know it's college so he's still around you know people and stuff like that so he's mm. just, he's, he's just being careful you know they and give them free testing I think it is free for him. For me, I'll find out if yeah. it's free once when they finish running it through my insurance. Because I went to go, <laughs> I went to go pay my copay. I have United Healthcare, which I have no qualms with saying sucks dog dick. And um, they were like, because uh, I went to go pay my copay, because they were like, well, you know, don't go into the office. You know, you can just pay over the phone. So I went to pay, and they were like, well, before you pay, we're gonna run through your insurance first. And I'm like, well, I'll call back to pay next week when they reject it because they're United Healthcare and they suck. Well, don't say that. I just switched from Cigna to United Healthcare because of stupid ass uh, with the premium. Literally, my plan for family was twenty three dollars a paycheck. It went up to one hundred and twenty three a paycheck. Oh. For yeah, I'll put it in group. I'll show you guys. Yeah. Holy fuck! They sent me a letter. Yeah, and then we just had annual enrollment, which ended on the eighteenth. So one that was similar for a family ended up yeah. being um, forty three dollars a paycheck instead. So I said, you know, let me just switch. And I went with United Healthcare, so. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm not overly fond of them. They were my healthcare when I had that, uh, you know, when I had to go to the hospital a couple years back and end up having to pay like thousands of dollars in hospital bills for an overnight hospital stay and a bunch of tiny pancakes for breakfast. And um, yeah, they're in my insurance company then. <laughs> I think that's what, I think that's what I was the angriest about is that I ordered pancakes and they were like the size of like fifty cent pieces and I'm just like really, come on now. But um, <laughs> I'm that's sorry. What you get. It, it was true, especially for what yeah. I had to pay for them. But you know, I, that's a whole nother show talking about insurance and talking about our the fact that nothing's going to change. But. I will end on one quick note before we uh, before we end. I was, you know, I do my music video stuff, and a really really quick trivia. You got if you guys know Young MC who did that song "Bust the Move" back in the early '90s. Uh, yeah. he, he actually started out as a songwriter, right? And he and he and one of his first tasks was to to rewrite a bunch of songs for Tone Loke. You know, he had that song "Wild Thing" that came out just before "Bust the Move" did, and the original version of Wild Thing was too dirty for the radio. Like they couldn't clean it up. So they asked Young MC to rewrite it. <laughs> so it would be clean enough to be uh, to be on the radio. And he did a good job with it, you know? So, but that's, that's my tiny trivia of the week. So Mercedes, what are your final thoughts? Hey man, just uh, stay safe out here. Stay on social distance. Um, black men, you and uh, blue, y'all just watch yourselves and just live for the moment if you can. Pretty much it for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Odie, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts? Uh, keep wearing the damn mask. Get your test. If you must insist on eating some mac and cheese, and keep that shit as small as possible. Keep your circle, keep your gatherings as small as possible. It's literally going to be me and two other people on Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, there's only going to be four where, where I'm going, just me and three others. Keeping it small this year. It's yeah. going to be me and my kids because we don't celebrate the holidays. Just us. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we're not celebrating the holidays. We're celebrating being alive and eating. 
<laughs> Celebrating having a day off on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, they they can call it Indigenous People Day, then I might celebrate. We we gonna watch Jingle Jangle though, probably. So that'll be a little bit of a bright spot. There's I, plenty of black films to get us some holiday spirit this year, so I want to check some of them out. I do not like musicals, especially uh, Christmas musicals, but I may just break that tradition and watch Jingle Jangle because I heard I heard I've, I've heard good things about it. So. Mr. Blue, did you have any final thoughts? As I get older, I tend to shy away from these paganistic holidays. But like Mercedes says, just use them as, or and Odie said, just use them as opportunities. Since the government, most of our leaders are giving us breaks from work to re-engage with family and have family time because no one has promised to be here forever. Appreciate who you have, appreciate what you have, have gratitude and always think about what you have in this world and what you can do better to um, supplement it. Exactly. Well said. Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as 360 Degrees and Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies, available on all streaming apps and now available on Amazon Podcasts.
loving. Good loving. If that's what you want, what you want, and I can make it wet for you. If that's what you want, oh. Yeah.